All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your host, Frank Delaney. Today on the pod, we have athletic performance AP in the house, Dave Standifer and Josh Norman. Fellas, welcome to the podcast. What's going on? Thanks for having us. I'm fired up. Thanks for having me. Energy's high. We got a little, little handy in the uh, cups today, just getting after it. Um, AP in general, just an absolute staple of Fresno athletes coming through there from the NFL to the MLB to the NBA to the Olympics, track stars, you name it. How did it start and why did it start out of the gate? Let's just open it up. I started this damn thing 21 years ago in my parents' garage. Um, got done, was just lifting at a Globo gym in Hanford. This kid named Frankie, he's like, you played football in college, train me. I'm like, dude, I don't want to be around it. I got hurt. I'm over this. So he kept working on me. I'm like, fuck, man, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Three or four weeks later, we're in my garage, in my parents' house. Our first squat rack was two tetherball poles that we drilled holes in. I had no money. I was a broke-ass dude. Right. We had our first set of 45s. The right one weighed 47 pounds. The other one weighed 39 pounds. So we have a 45, a five, and a two and a half to offset the two of them. <laughs> like, how does that work? You know, right? <laughs> so it's like, all right, we're doing what we can. We start, we start doing a lot of work. We, um, Frankie, Carlos were our first two athletes. I still talk to those guys. I was actually in their weddings. Uh, wow. 21 years later, you know, and then we moved into Fresno because I was like, fuck Hanford. I'm from Florida originally. So I'm like, uh, what? Get, what? <laughs> yeah, that's great. My dad's retired Navy. So we, we moved out here when we got stationed at Lemoore. Yep. So you come over that grapevine and I'm like, what the hell is the smell? <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what, where the fuck am I at this point? <laughs> Come over the grapevine and, you know, it's been home ever since. But moved to Fresno, had a 750 square foot um, building. Finally got a legit squat rack, you know, actually looked somewhat. And we just started with a lot of a lot of local kids from Clovis High that, you know, they, they trusted in us. We had five of the guys. Five of those guys are still with us to this day. Wow. 16 years later. Um, so it's been fun. Then we kept building up now. You know, we're in a 10,000 square foot building, almost a half a football field next to it. You know, Josh came on board with us, what, eight or nine years ago? Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it's been fun. We we have a facility where we're, we're happy with how it's growing. We have physical therapy, but we get a lot of work done. You know, we talk a lot of shit during it, but. That's how it's, that's how it's supposed to be, though. But that's what we tell everybody. It's like, when you come in here, you're not, it's not, no offense to the Globo gyms of the world, but. We're not here to be pretty and no. we're here to make sure you guys get better. And I think that's something that kind of separates us is when people come to us, they know we're going to, we're going to push them. Right. You know, um, AP isn't for everybody. No. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that come in there and are like, what the hell did I step into? You know, and that's fine. You know, it's not, we don't want just people to show up and give us their money. We want wow. you to be a part of it. And I think that says a lot for us because we have guys, like I was saying, that's been with us 15, 16 years, yeah. you know? So that's the big thing is we, we always say AP family. We, we try to, we try to really yeah. mimic that as it, best as we it's can. It's not a GB3, but, no. I, but I have a GB3 membership. I'm not bagging <laughs> on GB3. It's not a GB3, right? but I have a GB3 membership. Well, we, family here. You know, you talk about the AP training experience and like, out of the gate, obviously, you guys are, you guys train guys for the NFL Combine. You guys train people for the, the highest level possible there is. But how much do you guys prepare people mentally to perform at the hi highest level possible in an elite manner? Is that, that, is that a, that's that's that, got to be a huge piece. That of has it. to be the biggest part of it. Right, right. It's like 
you know, we're, we're dealing with a guy right now that we trained from LSU for the draft. Um, he goes into um, pro day. He runs four nine. He's on everybody's radar at that point. He's a lineman. D-tackle. Yeah. yeah. Gets the Browns, absolutely destroys, you know, but they drafted a guy higher than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets released. But the reason he's doing fine now is because of all the mental stuff that we have to. When we're going through the process, right. it's not just about lifting. It's no. not about, right. it's we have to educate these guys and go, hey, there's going to be adversity that pops up. How are you going to be able to handle it? Yeah. You know, we have a lot of guys that will come back and talk to them um, experience wise. Some guys, unfortunately, go into the league, make it a year or two and they're flat broke. And now they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. So we want to make sure that these guys have everything that they can, because at the end of the day, it's not just about you getting paid. It's about and I think that's kind of the loss um, for athletes, especially is like. People in the stands see these guys, but they don't see the mental Not parts that they're going through. This guy got released. This guy got cut. They're still, you're still human at that point. I'm 100% human being still. So that's where we really try to educate our guys and give them an opportunity to, there's going to be ups and downs, yeah. but we always have our phones. I, yeah. I'll get calls from like him. We'll get calls in the middle of the night. And I just don't want them to be like a number. I want you to feel like you're a part of something. I don't care if you're not a first rounder. I don't care if you're a 30th rounder. I want you to be a part of it. And that means that I'm going to be available. Josh is going to be available. And we have to be there for their mental side because it's not just always going to work out. You know, unfortunately, I wish I could tell you that every guy that we've worked with was still in the league and this and that. It just doesn't work that way. So the mental side, I think it's one of the biggest, biggest issues now. You know, I, I truly think that at all division ones, twos, whatever, I think that they should have a, a mental health side of things to help these guys go through. Could not agree more. At least, at least prepare you, if anything. These right. guys go through hell, and when they get hurt, you're like, bye. You know, you guys send these guys up for failure for later <laughs> in life. Sports is a yeah. small part of it. So I'm like, help these guys out. They're Yes, they're there to give your school a product, and they're this and that, but also help them set these guys up to become better men and move forward at that. Cause I think it's too much focused on X's and O's performance. I'm sorry, but if you get a guy mentally where he believes in himself and I'm not mean cocky, I'm meaning where he actually believes in himself, he's going to give you more on that field, which is going to translate to more W's. I'm a firm believer in that. I couldn't believe, I I could not agree more on that. That was a, that was beautiful. That That was beautiful. But see, that's why AP is, what AP is because right. you have the strength coach who knows that the mental side is just as important as benching 225 30 times. Right. You don't get that at, at most gyms. No. You get it at AP. Well, and I think, you know, that's one of the things that you said it best. I think division ones, division twos, whatever, college level, they should prepare you for the mental side of things. I mean, we were talking at Chopper about this now before we press play on this pod, like high school athletes who want to play college. There's a huge drop off in sports. When you go from eighth grade to now you're in a high school locker room, that's a step. From you're the you're king shit of your varsity locker room to your first day of division one ball, that's a huge step. Yeah. You ain't shit at that point. You ain't, you're, 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 you're bottom of the barrel, yeah. pond scum, and you think you are shit because you were the MVP, you were the all-league guy. Guess what? Every other dude on that team was the exact same thing. They all got the same newspaper clippings up in their room, and their grandma brags about them the same way. <laughs> it's the same thing. 
And like, it is very difficult. I think college is a huge step from high school, mentally especially. Iowa came in personally with four-star guy. I lasted five years. He lasted two weeks because he mentally couldn't wake up. He didn't. He didn't like when people were up in his grill. He didn't like having to be somewhere on time and having to put in extra work to get ahead of a guy. And it's like that's another thing. Like a lot of these people, especially in high school, like you're not used to competing for a spot. You're not used to seeing the depth chart and there's 18 dudes fighting for two spots. And you're just like, bro, what? Like how are you supposed to do this? And I think you know. It is why you have that sense of maturity as you grow as a player. But also, and one thing, you know, I, I had a brother who still plays college football right now. And if there's anything I've learned, it's you have a ticking time clock. Like, it's not like you have 10 years to prove yourself. Like, you got four years to prove yourself. If you don't prove yourself early, they're going to ride you off as, ah, he just can't handle it. If you get a new coaching staff, you got to reprove yourself and then reprove yourself. And it's, and like, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's not an easy deal. Sports are not an easy deal. It is a business. People are bullshitting if they say it is. I think high school football in the Valley is a business. Yeah, 100%. Freaking college football is a business. The NFL is a, I mean, that's like, you could watch freaking Shark Tank and, and just have NFL teams and you you could make a show about it. You damn near, I know Hard Knocks is its own thing, but like, it is a freaking business. I mean, you know, Kenny Wiggins, he's I mean, on the Bring the Juice. He's a huge AP family guy. Like, how about that dude's story? On, off, Amazing. on, off, on, off. I was tired of seeing him. That's what I'm saying. Him and I were together 16 weeks. And him and I would joke, we're like, oh, you're here again. But it was one of those things where we had to keep grinding. And that's a mentally tough dude. Mentally he never gave up. He got to week 17, he got his shot, and he rolled with it. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people are lacking yeah. is too many people want to quit or, oh, I'm not going to start, so I'm going to transfer this place. I, I can't stand mentally, the transfer portal right Mentally now. get like, tougher. We have one kid that has literally, and I'm not joking to you, has transferred five freaking times. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. I'm like, at what point do you realize that, A, it's probably fucking me that I'm not doing good, <laughs> you know? And the second one is learn to compete. Compete. This Figure guy out. This guy, way. this guy might go down at some point. Get your shot and then run with it. But no, I'm not the guy, so I'm gonna fucking transfer. To me, that that's that's softness in my it's soft as dog shit. And like I agree, the transfer portal has ruined the the I think I think for some situations, there is a sliver of people where it's like, damn, there was two really good quarterbacks in this college. Right. One of them beat him out. This guy could probably start somewhere else. Good for them. Yeah. But there is the other probably, what, 96% where it's like, oh, they, they, don't, they don't mess with me. They don't like me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, and, see, and they're stuck. Yeah, see, I like the portal, but I don't want it to be wide open the way it is. Right. And that's kind of what you was explaining. So do you think, so when I was, I mean, when I started at Fresno State, they had the portal where you had to sit out a year. Now. That would be good. I think that all it does is it makes you really have to think about like, do right. I really like, want that would to do be this? good? I yeah. think it should go back to that. Me I don't too. think the portal's wrong at all. I think there is situation, and I we all come across a coach in our life where it's like this dude just doesn't like me. Oh, one hundred percent. He yeah. does, it's for this, that, the other. He just does not like me. Whatever, learn how to deal with it. It's a work environment, right? But if you're trying to get out of that, like, there's still there has to be a buffer of some sort. One hundred percent. And I mean, you know, you guys train, like, like you said, you talk about the mental side of the game. Like when you're training these high level elite athletes who I like to talk to on Bring the Juice, and it's awesome to hear you guys' perspective. 
What's what's the number one trait that the most successful ones all have in common? For for me, is work ethic. Right, one hundred percent. Just just the guy who, if you if your guys is, let's say you you said, hey, uh, be here at six today, and they show up at five thirty to get warmed up, stretched out, mentally ready to roll, and it's like it's it's five fifty seven, and they're just like, all right, like you ready to roll, like that type of work ethic, yeah, or just just going hard when it's time to go hard. No, I mean, I think. I think work ethic is taking everything seriously. Right. Your time management, your um, from everything. We had um, one of our one of my favorite guys still to this day, and hopefully he doesn't get mad that I'm about to tell the story. But <laughs> Isaiah Green, uh, phenomenal athlete, but we're training him to go into the draft. I'm an asshole. If you're late, I tell him point blank, you're a bubble guy at best. You get to the league. You're fucking cut. <laughs> so don't waste my time. Don't do this. Well, Isaiah showed up late the second time and him and I just went at it in, <laughs> in the office. And I'm like, are you trying to be a fucking pro or what are you trying to do? Yeah. Well, treat me like a man. Didn't act like one. Show up on time. Right. And be a man. And then ever since that, he was amazing. He started showing up, you know, doing those things. But his work ethic on the other stuff was amazing. Right. You know? But it, for that side, it was cool to see the transition of him. He's like, all right, I'm I'm going to be a pro now. I got to take this seriously now. Yeah. And then ever since then, it was fine. You know, so I think that's a big one is the work ethic for me. No, nah, definitely. No, nah, he hit it right on the head. That's what those are the ones that make it, you know, like like we brought up Kenny earlier, his work ethic. Kenny was there before I got there. Um, and when I got there, I was able to see, oh, Kenny is here every day. Mm hmm. Um, if our gym's close, he's in there. He he works so hard, he has a key. <laughs> you know, it's just he just goes and gets it in. And that that's what makes pros. That's what makes the ones that stay in it. Do you think that, you know, we live in an era now, and I think you guys have seen it firsthand. And I I'm not pro it at all, but like to me, I always thought, you know, I always reference college football in this sense. If you want to get the cool photo shoots, if you want to get the cool, these type of jerseys and like all the hype and that college game day feel and all that, like that's part of the reward of working your ass off in high school, earning it and getting an opportunity to play. And like, I feel like high schoolers now, they, they talk too much on their phone and they talk too much shit on Twitter. They want, they just want to do shit for the grand. They feel they're entitled they feel they're entitled. Yeah. And like, it's just like, you haven't done anything yet. You haven't done this, that, or the other. And like, to me, there used to be like, hey, I can't, I can't wear gloves with the logo on them because I didn't, I don't play there yet. 100%. <laughs> and now it's like, it's a handout type of deal. Like, oh, I'm raw because of this. And I think the younger generations are going to be softer. I think it's showing very evidently. <laughs> I think that. And I'm not saying it's bad parenting. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw it on them. But ah. there is a there is a there is a sense of accountability there because this generation, like the seniors in high school now, I have a brother who's a senior in high school. He's a dog. I've seen him get many fist fights. The dude will lay hat. The dude is a. He's not scared of a grown man. Like the dude is hard. He also has a very hard older brothers that will wrestle him, and he's got he's got that edge to him. But like I see some of his friends and you could tell they were the type of kids where the mom and dad just gave him an iPad and told him to shut up in the corner. And it's like, dude, like that's cool. But now that you're trying to be a, a grown ass man and play in a business, like 
you need to perform in all aspects possible. You can't get, you can't call your mom and be mad because I showed up late to practice. Coach yelled at me. Right. That part. Like, what do you, what cold world, get a blanket. What do you want? What do you want me to do, man? And I hope that that there's, like I said, there's that, there's that edge. There's that plateau. There's that cliff that people could fall off of. I hope it doesn't go away. I hope coaches don't get soft and like, oh, well, that's just how kids are these days. They come to, they have coaches. We have to have a different role in it. We have to push these kids to make them see that they have a lot more than they actually think they do. You know, I think as coaches, we have an important role in not just making them better athlete, but saying, hey, you can do a lot more than you're mentally capable of. And too many parents just want to give them a handout and yeah. here you go. It's like earn their shit. Let's yeah. let's let's do some do some work. But. Right. I think some cultures are gonna to have to be soft. Yeah. And I don't agree. Generations with it. or cultures? Uh coaches. Oh, coaches, 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 coaches. Got it. Um at certain programs. Yeah. Because nowadays high school or college, you know, if you don't cater, they leave. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. now you now you have to. Little Johnny, are you okay? Yeah. Oh, you're not you're, playing enough. We'll make sure you get in yeah. there more. We're so it's going to trickle. It, you know, it's, it's going. The high school kids going to be soft. It's going to make the college kids soft, which makes the college coaches soft. Yeah. Because I, I see it. I see it firsthand. Yeah. But as a, but at what point do you do your school and everything else a disservice by catering just to keep the guy enrolled? One hundred percent. You know, it's like you're you do everything you can to keep them, but they suck. Right, so, right. <laughs> and your job's on the line to get a win. But it's for sure a gray area. You know, yeah. so, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's just, I don't yeah. know. It's, you got to push them. You just kind of, I think I, you know, I come full circle. Because I think that is, a, there, there is a lot of cultures of programs out there like that. But then I think of a guy like Nick Saban or Bill Belichick. It's their way or the highway. Yeah, yes. They're good though. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. But, it's, yeah. but are they good? And I bring this up again. All right, Georgia's raw right now. Raw, you know 100%. But overall, if you think who's the best team in the SEC, your answer is going to be Alabama every time. Why is that? It's not because they always have a Heisman candidate or this, that, or the other. It's because the culture there right. has been to a high standard no matter who the hell they bring in. Right. Now, this year, I don't know if they're going to win the national championship. I don't know if they're going to do this or the other. But like, I hope not. If they, right? But if they, <laughs> if they do anything... If they don't win the national championship, it's a down year for Bama. Right. And that is not the standard everywhere else in the entire country. Maybe maybe a team like realistically only wants Georgia that comes to mind. Maybe Clemson used to think that. But like, how long has Saban been in error at, at, at Bama? 20, 16 years, something like that. If you've played at Bama in Nick Saban's era, you have a national championship ring right. guaranteed, which is wild. And it's not, and like, you know me, you know, like we know damn well, like, these kids, I don't care where you're from. You're you still got your high school friends. You're bullshitting. You're right. doing everything. He, you either buy into that program or you're out. But you know, I saw some clips with him. Is he's he's a bull in his own right, but he still respects them. Yes. You know, he's he's you have to. He he he's not one of those coaches where he's just ripping them and dogging them out. I don't 100%, think so. You know, and I don't know offhand, but just like clips I see. But you do have some coaches who try to be a bully. No, and, dog, and that's not the and, way. And they're not even winning. No, you can't be a bully when you're getting bullied. I've I've been in those coaching experiences, and you know I give Coach Jeff Tedford so much props because when Tedford's pissed, he's a mad dude. Yeah. He, he but he has a standard how he wants things, and he respects his players, and he knows about his players. Like I've had coaches, I'm not going to name them, but 
they're more of a CEO of a company. They don't care about their players. As long as they're performing, they're happy and they'll pat them on the back. They don't know what their mom's name is or their sister's going here or whatever. Like Jeff Tedford, I think he's a great coach because of a lot of things, but his biggest trait, he's a great leader of young men. And I think Nick Saban, he's he's a great leader of young men. I think Bill Belichick, put another, throw another one out there. Yeah, Tom, he had Tom Brady. Like, don't get me wrong. But like the tools around Tom Brady, they weren't always Julio Jones. They weren't always Megatron. But they're dudes who he got. Bill Belichick did have the culture to say, hey, listen, we're going to do it at this standard and we're going to win football games because of this. Again, you have Tom Brady. But, <laughs> but, 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 I think there is for sure a culture there. And the guys that I've met that have played for the Patriots, they've said like it's different in New England. Yeah, 100%. But I think if you have a coach that is a hard ass, but you also know that he has your back and he's going to uh, do everything. That's the, you're you're going to want to combo. You're going to go out there and bleed for the, yeah. that coach. The guys that like Josh talking about, that's just a hard ass. Yeah. And he doesn't give two shits about what's going on off the field. I'm not going to play hard for him Why at would all. You? you can't, you know? So I think, I think there has to be leadership at that role is huge. It's and insane. And to, you're not going to be able to know every detail about every player, unfortunately. No. But if you can walk up to that guy, know his name, ask him how he's doing, check in on him, that goes a long ways than just walking by and saying hi. That that's not the same thing. We've all, I mean, we've been there. We've been in those shoes where, and we, I mean, Josh, me and you were talking about for the Paul, like sometimes you just need to pick me up, man. 100%. Right. Like you know damn well. Hey, I'm fighting for my spot. I'm the underdog here right now. I've had 20 good days in a row and I had a bad day. And what are you thinking? Shit, I'm going to get cut. <laughs> Shit, I'm, I'm off. My depth chart's going to fall down the roof. Like, you could get screwed. And like, it. there is, depending on your role, if you got drafted in the first round and you're a wide receiver, okay? You're a wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. You got drafted in the first round. And you have a practice where you get 20 balls and you drop three. But there's a guy who's a undrafted free agent who gets 20 balls and he drops one. That one might be more of a detriment than yes, the guy who dropped three. Definitely. It's just simple as that. That is haunting him at night <laughs> at that point. I, I've had, I mean, Andre Sastre is another, he's, he's a, I hope he's not a young Kenny Wiggins because he's doing really great. But like, he's had a couple of years where he's doing well, gets cut, doing well, gets cut. And like, it's hard. It's mentally, it's through the freaking roof. Especially, I, again, I always reference the NFL because like, it happens so fast. And there's always someone there to replace you. And like, it's, I mean, like Josh, to talk about even like a sport like track. Yeah. Track is, one thing about track that I've always liked is like, you can't weasel your way around. Like you either ran the time or threw this or did that or jumped it or you didn't. Like there's no BS. Like, oh, this guy's fast. What did you, what's he running a hundred? Shit, that ain't fast. Like, like that's it. I literally told the kids today, track is facts. All facts. Strictly. There's, there's no guesswork in there. It's facts. What you run? Fast. Did you or did you not? Right. Did you or did you <laughs> not? That's, that's yeah. all it is. <laughs> so, you guys being around a lot of competitors, a little side note here. Who's the best competitor on planet Earth all time? Like that that we've been around? No. Nah, just ever. Oof. Ever. I've asked a few guests this. I get some good answers. Dave, I'm going to say... I mean, the ultimate is Jordan, of course. Michael Jordan. Yeah. I the mean, ultimate. Why? The, the fight in that man, no matter what, he knew that he was going to be able to pull something out and he just never gave up. And he brought brought out the best in everybody. Yeah. 
You know, a guy brings the juice. Hundred <laughs> percent. He's gonna jump your ass and call you a lot of stuff that you don't want to hear. But yeah. at the end of the day, you're gonna get a championship, and you know you're gonna get better. You know. I mean, you can't argue with that. The Last Dance, if you haven't watched it yet, that's what does it. Watch it. Yeah, that's what does it. It's like, how can you? Yeah. How could you not like be all over that? You know, a little bit of this era would, would probably try to say Kobe, but Kobe got it. From Jordan, yeah, and he, and and if you really know Kobe or watched Kobe in yeah. his prime, like they had a relationship where like Kobe referenced him regularly, and like I'm not the one who's gonna gas like LeBron, like I'm not a basketball guy, right, right. I don't know enough to say it, but from a competitor standpoint, I would especially like the Last Dance definitely like changed my perspective. Well, like, that's what- like for me, it yeah. was like oh Michael Jordan's the go, and like my dad will be like. I'll be it, like, of course, it is his generation versus my generation's Kobe. I'll be like, Dad. I mean, it's got to be Kobe, right? He's like, he's like Frank. You know, it's Michael Jordan, man. Like, all right, but he didn't play against anybody. No, man, this guy was different. And the thing that got me was like the poker games on the plane. Right. The first time I seen it, <laughs> and I forget the dude who was telling the story where they had the poker games on the away games, and there was the back of the plane. They were paying, playing like $1,000 hands. And the front of the plane was playing $1 hands. And they come up, they're like, Mike, why do you want to play with us? He's like, I want to be the best. Like, I don't I don't care if I'm, I want to take all of your, your 21s. I want them in my pocket. And that to me, I was just like, holy crap, man. Like, that is different. That's different, different. Yeah, you can't teach that. And I read the book by Tim Grover, uh, Relentless. If you haven't read it, highly recommend I'm an audiobook guy because I'm on long drives. So <laughs> it does the job though. And like, dude, like you just hear this is his trainer, one of his trainers, one of his mentors talking. And it's just like he is on a different wave of of just competing. So yes, Michael Jordan is a great answer. Josh, what were you gonna say? It's Michael though. It has to be it's, Mike. It's it has that, to be Mike. It's what you just said. It's the dog that he has in everything. If golf, I golf, mean, baseball. Uh, if he was out there playing tennis with a kid, he's trying to win at his camps, you know, when they had it on the last dance. Right. Somebody called him out. Oh, he he's not going to let you score. So he's all in. <laughs> so, I mean, Usain Bolt, you can throw him in, in one of the most dominant competitors on, on the list ever. Would you say, you think anyone will ever touch Usain Bolt's records? It's so here's the thing. It's hard to say no. I know you're a speed no. guy. That's what yeah, I asked. Yeah. No, it's hard to say no because before Bolt, you know, you can run down the list. There was a guy named uh, Safa Powell. Then it was like um, Maurice Green. You know, and when Maurice Green had his record, everybody was like, oh, that's never going to get touched, right? Right. Then another, then a Jamaican, another Jamaican came, beat it. Then he was like, oh, that's not going to get touched. Then you got Usain Bolt that ran phenomenal times that you everybody feels like that's not going to get touched. Mm-hmm. But we got a 19-year-old that just ran two steps close to that already. So he might, I mean, so it's, it's it. not impossible. It's not said. impossible. It's it's not, it, it, it's, it can happen. It may take five or 10 years, but when people are getting, somebody's going to get getting that. taller, people right. are getting stronger, people are getting faster. Like yeah. we don't know what the hell's going to go down. The training side of things has changed a lot over the years. Right. The supplement game, the recovery. Just genetics. And yeah. Everything. everything is. People are taller. The average, Height of an American male is up like 1.4 inches from 1980 or whatever it is. So it, it's nuts because if you look at the old school trainings from you know 
Carl Lewis and those guys to how much it's changed scientifically now, you know, from, you know, not the training, but the, the nutrition side of everything. It, I mean, there's still possibilities. I mean, right. what could he have ran if he didn't look sideways? Right. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, and I, I mean, I don't say, oh, he doesn't care about it. But like when you watch him run, it's so, I, I mean, it's, it's insane. No, the trust me. I, I watched him run. I was in a couple. I was in, I think I ran once with him. You but raced, I was, you raced I, was like, I was like 20 yards, 30 yards back. Hundo? What? <laughs> yeah. I've been in, I want to almost, I think I, two hundred meter world record races. I was in Doha when Justin Gatlin broke the world record. I took butt naked last, but I'm back there. <laughs> and you back there though. But I'm back there. <laughs> Wait, so what's it, what was it like racing Usain then? Nuts. Nuts. Do you know, like, I mean. No, you're done. You just know? Does the whole field know? 100%. It's not there's, even- there might be one other guy in that race, depending on if it's a golden league, might be one guy like, ooh, I think I can. If I get out good and yeah. I'm really, my, my Ty- yeah, everything was perfect. Tyson Gay back when I was running. Tyson Gay was like, ooh, I think I could, I can, I can, get I can out. make this work. Right. Yeah. Everybody else was watching the show. Right, right. 100%. Right. In, in Europe, they call it the, what is it? The fastest loser or something like that. Like, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy changed the game. Could he go to another Olympics and like make it happen? No problem. Not right now. No, I I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to get in trouble. But it it only because he's not doing it. Yeah, but like, is he off the couch? Go win a gold medal fast. No. At, how old is he? Forty. No, he I, he would have to put some work in. Like he could have just be off the couch. Yeah, because I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna say what what Noah Lyles and them are doing right now. That nah, nah, he's not coming off the couch beating those guys. I would really like to see it, though. Yeah. Everybody would. Everybody would pay for that, but it's not going to happen. <clears throat> well, I'm just thinking from the perspective, like, I had my little stint training with the skeleton and bobsled dudes for Team USA. And, like, when an Olympic year comes up, the dude, the legends, mm-hmm. they I'm like out. to, they, they're kind of, they're kind of like, they were retired, right? Yeah. And now they're kind of like, eh, I think I'm going to come back. And all the people that have been training for the last three and a half years are like, yo, bro. Like, what the fuck? Like, this is my year. It's my time. You're gone. Like, and I think, I mean, in Team USA, at least I know in the winter sports does it. We're like, if you have the name, they'd rather push you than the the rookie who probably won't do that hot, you know? So, I don't know. It's a tough deal, but like, that'd be something to see Usain come back off. Oh, I would love to see it. Everybody would go see it. to see that. I got one more question about speed, but first a uh, word from our sponsors. First and foremost, shout out to one of our sponsors, Fresno First Bank. Fresno First Bank is a local bank to Fresno in the community. They have a strong connection with business owners and to help them grow and succeed. At Fresno First, they're never too busy for you. They're always willing to give you a high five, a uh, handshake, a fist bump, a what's good, a hey, did you listen to the episode of uh, Bring the Juice? And uh, they personalize the customer experience every day. So check out Fresno First Bank. Our next sponsor is Durbo Steli. Have you guys ever had Durbo Steli? Been to Durvos yet? No, I don't even know where that's at. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked. So, Durvos Deli, it's by the Old Deli Delicious. Uh, it's it is the Old Deli Delicious by Red Wave Liquor across the street from St. Martin Center. Okay. Yes. By the yes. by the Starbucks. Don Pepe's is right there. Yep. Yeah. It's the premier place to get a sandwich in Fresno now. The crispiest of chicken on their chicken sandwiches, the freshest of salamis. They got the nice aiolis on the bread. It's nice and grilled. The fries are good. The drinks are. There's like the perfect level of 
Ice Cube. They got the nice little cups. Phenomenal. Check out Durbo's Deli. Lunch tomorrow. There. Yeah. You lunch like tomorrow. My, you like my, Where my bring the juice lunch. at? I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll see if I get you guys a discount or something. All right. I'm glad you said that because yeah. now he can buy lunch tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not leg day. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Tomorrow's conditioning day, so it's worse. Definitely worse. Pretty good. <laughs> so can you can you teach speed or are you maxed out at a certain point? Because I know I know they're that when you're 10 years old, you could close that gap. But when you're teaching a 21-year-old speed, like how much could you really knock off on a fast dude's 40 out of the gate or 100? I believe you can teach speed. Yeah. It could still be a skill. Um I don't believe I can take a Super slow dude and make him fast, but you can make a fast dude and make him faster. Correct. Right. A hundred percent. You know, I'm not going to take Joe Smo to go run against Usain Bolt. No. Yeah. No. We could take somebody that's in that realm. Right. To go run and beat somebody like, like that. But you can't just take a regular guy and be like, okay, now we're going to the Olympics. No, 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 not at all. That's not happening. You could probably, I mean, like. I'm thinking from a young, I mean, you guys deal with young athletes of all ages. Like you could teach someone who just doesn't know form, doesn't know this, doesn't know that. And like, they'll go from slow as hell to like, uh, it's even better at least. Yeah. Like, it's, right? Like, ish, look, ish. Look, here, here, baseball guys, slow. Baseball guys are slow. Baseball guys are slow. And all why they're slow is they don't work at it. Right? So we get tons of kids that come in, parents, well, let's say parents come in and be like, and my son needs to run 7.0 in the 60. Yes. Bet. That's easy. Right. Why is that so easy? First of all, you guys don't even try running. Yeah. So you give me two months with him, we're almost at our mark already just because we're doing the running technique. You All you do is swing a bat. You don't even try to go run. So I can take a, I can get a kid at 7.5 and he can run 6.8 just because Technique, technique, learning, endurance yeah, is yeah. half of it. <laughs> yeah, it's really endurance. I, you know, I don't want to sell myself short, but it's because we're now taking those kids out and running sixties. Right. You know, um, I have a friend named Jeff Prieto who's a head baseball coach at uh, Clovis North, mm-hmm. and I, it might have been about a year ago, or maybe even two years ago now, that we set up a program, and he runs it. I just gave him the blueprint of take your kids out this this day. You run. Five two hundreds. Yeah. The next day you come out and you run five sixties. Right. He's been doing that for he's like all his guys are either seven oh, close to seven oh and under, when before he n- never had that. Just by running. <clears throat> I feel like too, especially in something like baseball or in my time, you know, learning how to because nobody really teaches like you could be a fast dude and nobody teaches you how to like run a 40, and then somebody shows you like, hey. Put your hand here. Do this the first five, 10 yard. And like you could go from a four six to a four five four and like that. If you're if you got the wheels for it, like like strategy or technique, all that, it goes into it the higher you get up the totem pole. And you know, younger athletes, I think they're, you know, one thing as a wide receiver, I always said is I always used to get made fun of because I'd start low. And Julian Edelman would start low. And I was like, okay, like, why don't I start in the stance? Instead of standing up, they set a hike, and then I dip down to get low and then get out. That is, a what, three-tenths of a second? Right. And at college football level, that's freak. In a high school football level, 
you're waxing a you know a sunny side <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, it. like, exactly. like you are you're touch, your touchdown after right. that and uh i mean for me i again i don't give a shit like i did my i don't give i don't care you're right but like i would i just see kids out there who are trying to get faster and i've experienced it you guys are the freaking pros but like it is just a mental thing sometimes about hey just do this do that and to me it's like how can you get the edge on your competition? You better check every single freaking box to do it. And then, yeah, hopefully God blesses you with some physical talents. And hope, But at that point, that's just – you are what you are at that point. If you can mentally check every box, you're conditioned, you ate well, you slept well, you know your techniques, you know where you should be when you should be there – you're doing the professional of getting there on time. You're not like Isaiah Green getting shit late. Like <laughs> if you can do all that, then you're putting yourself in the best position to be successful. And I feel like I love hearing you guys talk about it because like AP, that's that's what AP is about at this point. And and like if you're a, a young athlete in the in the valley listening to this, like go go to AP. They'll help you get to where you need to be 100. percent I think that's what kind of separates us too. Is um, you know Josh is an amazing strength coach, but the other aspect of it is the strength and the, the mobility side of things. Yeah. Um, coaches think all oh, they squat, they power clean, they, they do this, they're going to be automatically faster. Mm-mm. It's not the, it's not how it works. You know, there has to be a side of things where you have a lot of running technique, but if you're not getting stronger in the back of your legs, a lot of these guys only want to focus on the muscles they see in the mirror. Stupidest yeah. shit ever. Right. It's the stuff behind you that you're going to get. Yeah. And I think that's where we get, the best results for our guys for the pro days and stuff is on average, we increase their vert and broad six to eight inches by wow. figuring out where their weaknesses are at. We spend a whole day testing them to see, all right, well, your fucking hips are really tight. Your hamstrings are off on the left side compared to your right side. I, it has to be not just running because running's a huge thing, but if you're not addressing what's going to be able to put your foot in the ground to go forward from a power aspect, you're going to look pretty running, right. but you're not going to cover ground. Right. And I think that's where Josh and I work really well together is we have the speed component. Obviously, I'm not a fucking sprinter. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm a power guy. And, you know, um, so once we're able to put those two things together, that's how we're able to get that guy from LSU to run 4.9. Duran ran 4.37 this year. Is, yeah, sure. It's not just one aspect. It has to be a whole network of things in order to give it. And right. I think too many guys are just wanting to focus on one thing and not realize there's about three or four other things that you yeah. can work with. It's the whole nine. <clears throat> Last question. If you guys had, you know, you guys had your careers, that transition from sports over to you're not some high level athlete anymore. What would you give young athletes advice of the first day done? Hey, you're not an NFL wide receiver anymore. Hey, you're not, uh, you know, professional runner, football player, any whatever it might be. What's what's the, what's the biggest thing they could take away from their sports career and apply it to real life? Well, I think it's what we what we already covered. It's your work ethic, yeah, and adversity. Yeah, how you how you can overcome obstacles because when you get to the real world, you're going to have a lot of stuff that's thrown at you. I and I think sports sets you up to a place where you're like, all right, I fucked up on this play, but I got to get through it to get on. And I think that ties into real life big time. hundred percent. Well, and I mean, I, I, I say that cause I, I know we're all on the same page. It's just, I, I like hearing it because it is, um, you real. I mean, me, I'm like, okay, I got, I got to run this route at this depth. And if I don't, 
I'm going to get bitched at. My spot's going to be taken. I'm going to not do this. Like I'm, the world's going to end, right? And so I put, not necessarily, I wouldn't call it pressure, but I held myself to a certain standard. I think there is a standard of a life when you get to a certain level of athletics and you realize like, okay, that was adversity that I had to deal with. You have to have that next play mentality in life, 100%. And when you're in the workforce for the first time and you're working a freaking desk job or you're in a just a community where like all these other dudes, they didn't do what you went through athletically. And it's like, oh, you know, the power went out. Everyone's freaking out. You're like, bro, let's just let's get some lamps or something. Like, <laughs> like, 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 let's yeah. figure it out. Like, like, why is everyone freaking out? Right, right. right. And I, I mean, in my job in a managerial role now, like, I have learned I'm very good at when like a problem happens instead of freaking out and panicking and thinking, oh shit, what am I going to do? It's like, what are our options? What can we do? Let's do the best option first and then let's figure it out from there. But what we're not going to do is sit here and be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, again, I'm saying for personal experiences, but the principles you learn in sports, and this doesn't mean you got to play in the NFL or run for Team USA or be a collegiate athlete. You could be listening to this as a freaking JV baseball kid who just loves playing ball. Understand that coach is going to be on you. He's going to be riding you hard because there is a standard of excellence that eventually equates to winning championships. That's every coach wants to win a championship. Every team wants to win a championship. So hold, we call it hold the rope. Hold the rope. Keep that standard high and apply it to yourself as an athlete. And eventually you'll see yourself in life doing whatever and you're kicking ass ahead of the competition because 100%. of it. I really I really don't want athletes to just think of themselves as an athlete. No. I want right. them to be able to multitask and you know Heather have other options that they're able to, you know, put everything they have into it. Right. And I think I think the adversity that you get through sports is huge. Awesome. And it, and you also get a community for the most part that, you know, has your back right. and if you need stuff, they're always going to support you. And I think the support staff and and from the guys that you're in the locker room with goes a long way. You can't, you can't, you can, I mean, you guys have a great work environment, I'm sure, but like you still can't mimic what it's like grinding with your brothers. I miss it. And miss it it's, it's, you know, the slapdick shit that goes on there. Just like, just the, the, the fun, the, the going through a shitty workout and being in a locker room, looking at each other, like, Man. What just happened? That was bad, man. <laughs> They're like, what and just happened? About it. I mean, yeah, we survived I'm, it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's funny. Like, I'm pretty fresh out still. When I see my old teammates, we don't talk about, oh, great touchdown. Oh, great right. win. We talk about the crappy ass 110 day in Fresno when we had to do that messed up workout in the stadium. And it's like, bro, how was that legal? Like, how is there not a lawsuit? Out? There was some lawsuits. Like, how? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what? Just don't touch on those. Like, I'm not going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We, we bury those. But like, dude, like, that's what you talk about. Like, that's that's the shit that makes you brotherhood, right? But but that's, you guys also had that dog and work that, because you know, you're probably going to do that same shit again next week. And you're going to sit here in that same, Good. in that same locker room talking that's what I'm about, saying. holy, I can't believe, he added five more stages. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's, I mean, you guys said it about adversity. Like, you eventually hit this, threshold where you have such thick skin and your your mindset is just like look whatever you put in front of me we're gonna do it right. yeah it's gonna suck but we're gonna do it so figure out how you're gonna do it and not die or how you're gonna figure out and make your time or hit that rep but you're gonna find a way and i think 
in life, more people need to learn how to freaking find a way. 100%. That's why I love sports so much. <sighs> I, 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 I got to say so because you, what you brought, it reminded me of, uh, I had a parent hit me up and she was like, Josh, how do you get these kids to show up on a holiday, go to Woodward Park, run 10 to 15 hills, it's 102 degrees, they're throwing up, they allow you to videotape it and they're laughing. <laughs> I said, it's the work environment we right. create. Yeah. Like, they know it's it's family. Everybody's doing it together. Yeah. You know, they're all taking care of each other. They 100%. they love it. You know. Let's be honest. You have to be a little off to do what we do too, though. Oh, uh, you got <laughs> wired. <differently>. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be wired differently. Like. And I'm glad we are. Oh, I yeah. would change. <laughs> I, 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 I love every day of if I won the lottery tonight. I would still be there tomorrow. I'd be in a really nice car, but I would still be <laughs> at, at work, you know? And I think that's what sports does is yeah. it brings a lot of us together. And I think that's a huge thing that we need. Amen to that. I'm going to wrap it up, guys. Anything else you want to say to bring Zeus Nation? No, I appreciate you having us on. Hell yeah. yeah we'll this run this nice. back, man. This is yeah, good this shit. Yeah, this is nice. I like it. <clears throat> well, I appreciate you guys. Uh, y'all make sure to check out. We're going to tag AP in a bunch of this post. Uh, we'll tell you guys individually too. Make sure you guys a little. little I don't out. do that shit, but whatever. Josh, I got you then. <laughs> so I think, slight. I think the last time I posted something was for Cameron Royal's birthday last year. And I, I stay in the back of the scene. Hey, that's fine. Hey, though. tag your boy. Just make sure I get one of these hats. Right? I got you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, be sure to uh, get your piss hot. Fire me up this week. Tune in to the next episode of Bring the Juice. Be sure to follow us on the gram. Give us our five star review. Check out Nervo Staley. Hit up Fresno First Bank and eat your pistachios. Till next week. We're out of here.